Blog Talk Radio. Did you know that elders and others are losing their rights to liberty and property? Anyone can petition a court to have a person deemed incapacitated. What if that person is you? The adult guardianship system was created to protect incompetent people and their assets. A court-appointed guardian, sometimes a total stranger, can force you into a nursing home and sell your home to pay for services. Treasured belongings can disappear as you are drugged and isolated from loved ones. Why does this happen? Unfortunately, the courts don't have the funding to supervise and audit cases. A guardian makes all decisions on your behalf, taking control of your assets with little accountability. The potential for abuse is frightening. Luckily, not all guardians exploit those under their care, but when they do, there's really nowhere to go for help. The National Association to Stop Guardian Abuse, NASGA, is working to reform adult guardianship to return it to its once noble purpose of protecting the human rights to life, liberty, and property and ending financial exploitation of assets. Are you or your loved ones protected? To learn more, visit StopGuardianAbuse.org. Anyone charged with a criminal matter has the right to have their case heard before. A judge or judicial officer of the court is entitled to a fair and public hearing by a competent, independent and impartial court. Have strict court rules enforced such as the right of reply, rules of evidence, and be found innocent or guilty beyond reasonable doubt. Yet, our most vulnerable can have their rights, assets, and decision-making rights removed by a public servant of the state, not a judge, in a tribunal setting that can ignore evidence and facts and determine matters as they see fit and conclude matters based on probabilities alone. Are you scared yet? Good evening, everyone. This is Marty Oakley of the PPJ Gazette Online, and this is the TS Radio Network. Our show tonight is in the mix, and it's brought to you in coordination with Marcel Reed and the Whistleblower Summit. It's an annual event in Washington, D.C. We'll know more about its location as the year wears on, and as soon as somebody gets some sense about this faked-up virus thing, and we get back to a normal life, which I don't see happening, but I can always hope. But anyway, co-hosting with me tonight, of course, is Kaz. Say hello, Kaz. Hello. <laughs> yeah, there you, you go. Can hear me this uh, ti- you can hear me this time. I always seem to disappear yeah. right in the beginning. Yeah, it's, I don't it's a sign know it's going to be a great day. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Yeah, we've been we've been watching all this stuff, and you know, uh, last week, well, Wednesday night, we touched on this filial law thing, and I I think what is bothering me is this system has been slowly put into place. It's like it crept through the thing. Now the, the coup de d'etat and all of this is going to be the Uniform Law Act. 
uniform laws are not there to help you. They are there to take advantage of you. That means an attorney can move from one state to the next without any impediments and can be as corrupt in one state as he is in the other. And who cares? And But they can come after a person in another state. It just... I'm telling you, this opens the door to so many things. Now, law enforcement can either sign on to this or not. Most of them choose not to. Compliance with the uniform law is voluntary. And so far, as sheriff and police departments have not volunteered um, to sign on, especially when they contain things about them protecting the rights of the targeted victim, um, where it says that they have to intervene on behalf of an elderly person um they they don't want to sign that because they're all state agencies and I keep trying to tell people this all state agencies work to protect everybody else every other agency this is why the police won't do anything the sheriff's department won't do anything the attorney general's office won't nobody will do anything to help you none of them will help you they're all running a protection racket, protecting each other. So they're only going to act for the benefit of each other, no matter what the law is. And this we've seen so many times. doesn't matter what the law is, what your rights are. If you aren't, if, if you're vulnerable and subject to one of these agencies, um, you just don't stand a chance. There is no one there to protect you. If your family tries to step in to protect you, a lot of times, if they're not just threatened with arrest, they actually are arrested. And as we saw recently, mm-hmm. if in with our guest and the follow-up follow mail they received, they, the threats to extort them through this filial law thing, either you go along with the theft of your parents' property and assets, or we're going to come after yours. And I was reading yeah. this afternoon cause where it's actually 30 states – I was looking for the full list. 30 states have these laws on the books. And many states, I guess, in the 90s dropped them. But they're coming back. In fact, they're roaring back. And But it's a way to take the transfer of wealth, the theft of assets, through the family, not just the parents. Why stop there? Let's go after right. the kids. They might have something, you know. Um, let's wipe the whole mm-hmm. family out. And you know, as much as we've tried, we've we've worked tried to work with D.C. We've worked with our respective state legislators. Not one of them will honestly address this. They they give lip service. They feign ignorance. Um, oh, they're going to look into it. They don't have time because they got really important stuff. Uh, guess you know, murdering the elderly and stealing their stuff is not important. Yeah. Uh, but they come up with all kinds of excuses. In the end, they do nothing. Or they come out with, as we talked about, these fluff and buff bills that the titles read great, the Elder Justice and Protection Act, but there is nothing in there that protects or gives justice to the elderly person. The idea that you age in this country and that these people can get their hooks in you and for some reason you are stripped of all of your rights, except in many cases the right to vote, and that your vote is taken and sold, and 
but you're stripped of your rights. You can't speak for yourself. You can't have a jury trial. There's no real evidence supplied for any charges brought against you for incompetence, incapacity, or you supposedly were living in squalor and filth and covered in urine and feces. I don't need any evidence for that. I just have to get up and say it. And they're never asked for evidence to prove, to substantiate what they're saying. And so many of our elderly have found themselves in this position. And I think one of the most egregious part of this cause is most of the time they're not even notified of the hearing. If they are, they're not allowed to attend their own hearing. In the few cases where they are, they load them up on Haldol, Seroquel, Geodon, something, and, of course, make them look like a blithering idiot. I believe that's what they just mm-hmm. did to Britney Spears. Um, they're oh, just, wow. these drugs are so damaging, so damaging, and it's they so cause awful. such dysfunction. Yes. And for, and and for our veterans, like, when I think about Harvey, I actually um, um, met a younger, a younger gentleman, and he told me that one time he had, for, you know, whatever his reason was, he was on Halidol. And he said it was one of the worst things. And when I had told him about Harvey and, you know, being a Korean War vet, he believes that Harvey was probably reliving war horror in his mind in the end. And it it just broke my heart. And he told me what had happened to him as a young person being ended up in a psych ward and was put on Halidol. And when I told him, like, for eight, no, Harvey was on Haldol for like two years. I mean, unbelievable. Uh, and at five milligrams, he he couldn't believe oh, it. Wow. He, I mean, when he told me what it was like when he was on Haldol and now he's in his right mind, it was just heart-wrenching that yeah. this is what we do to people, these drugs. It's just unreal. Yes. Terrible. Just it terrible. is. <laughs> Yeah. And the worst part is they do this to children also. We've got babies now that are on, um, oh, what is that crap? Uh, Prozac, liquid Prozac, because at six months, oh they showed signs of bipolar. At six months, what? the baby doesn't know. Yes. Wow. Yes. Yes. We, they are giving them liquid Prozac. Um, the, this stuff, any of this stuff administered at any age permanently damages the frontal cortex of the brain. And that is where your inhibitions, your emotions, your left, right, reason, logic is all centered. So you damage that and you, of course, have permanently damaged the individual. But when you take an elderly person who might be having a little bit of dementia, and the thing is, I just read another report on this. Many times people, they say, are in early onset dementia, are actually Mm -hmm. severely deficient in B12. And it will exhibit as confusion and memory loss. And the worse, as longer it goes on, the worse it gets. They won't test them for B12. And the reason they won't test them for B12 is because... If that deficiency shows up and they administer it and all those symptoms clear up, you just lost a patient. And so, you know, there's things, there's so many things like that. Um, I keep telling everyone, and I do this myself, I take curcumin with turmeric, which helps keep your brain healthy. And another thing, don't let them convince you 
that your cholesterol is too high and you need a statin drug. These things are deadly. They strip the calcium and magnesium out of your body. Your heart needs magnesium to beat. When you get too low, they say your electrolytes drop. That's magnesium. But these people um, put on these statin drugs. It eats away at the muscle in the lower leg. It causes an increase in heart attack and strokes. But the main reason you don't want to take these drugs is a normal cholesterol across the board average is 200 250. They're telling people, I've mm-hmm. had it told to me, oh, we want to see it below 100. That is puts me in a danger zone. And the other thing it does is it starves the brain. Cholesterol nourishes the brain. It bathes it. It keeps it moist and supple. And when you reduce the cholesterol, you are basically starving your brain. And they know by reducing cholesterol, the brain starts to shrink. And oh, wow. So you, you don't, and for God's sake, don't take these statin drugs. <laughs> Cholesterol can be controlled by your diet. Watch what you're eating, of course. But don't take these drugs. Like I say, this abnormally low, they know exactly what they're doing, cause um, abnormally right. low cholesterol puts you in danger across the board. But it just, there's so Makes many things that go- are being done to Go ahead. Yeah, I said it, it just makes me want to go eat some fried eggs right now. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> there uh-huh. you go. Some eggs but and bacon. Take them. Wow. Yeah, I, t- I take a sublingual B12 every day, and I take curcumin with turmeric every day, and, of course, zinc. And I, everything I take is liquid or gel cap. I don't take any hard pills. If you're taking hard pills, you're basically just peeing and pooping out your money. Oh, yeah, it just... Um, um, you know yeah. what I heard on that? Um, I can't remember who it was. Someone had told me that they had gone to the sewage treatment plant and had like a tour mm-hmm. of it. And all those little, like the little gel cap stuff were just floating all over the the stu- sewage treatment plant because those things don't oh, digest. So, no, yeah. I was shocked when I had heard that story. So anyone, you know, yeah. who wants to go tour a sewage treatment plant, that would be. That's very interesting. That that's what's you know floating around in there, all these little pills. Oh, because, yeah, I don't think that you digest. I personally like um, gummy vitamins. They're really good. Well, see, I Easy won't take, take those, and I'll tell you why. Read why? the label. Oh. They have carnu. They have carnuba wax in them. That's the same thing you shine your car with. And oh. um, no, I don't want. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my goodness. But I take the liquids. Everything is liquids. And um, sublingual, you put it under your tongue. Mm-hmm. And that's that's what I take. And, uh, but, you know, and that's the whole thing. Healthcare is not predicated upon nutrition and good health. It's on what can we find wrong with you that we can medicate you for. And many elderly people mm-hmm. today have lived a lifetime of being handed pills and vaccinations yeah. and this and that and something else. And they have all these ailments and, and disease. And it's, I'm yeah. sorry, but to me, there's a direct correlation. <laughs> you look yeah. at people like me that don't do any of that. I don't have any, I don't have high blood pressure, don't have diabetes, don't have any of that. And, but I rarely take any medication, rarely. And I will not vaccinate. And 
I don't have mm-hmm. any of those problems. But you've got to be on the lookout all the time because, like I say, simple things like that B12 deficiency mimicking early onset dementia. I don't think they even mm-hmm. know what the hell dementia is. But then I think it would be interesting to do a study that showing the correlation between cases of dementia and people who took these statin drugs. That would and, be very um, interesting. Yes, and see what the correlation is there. But anyway, but like I say, we, the elderly, we're basically in the category of being guinea pigs for everything, and we've outlived our usefulness. And so I think, I feel like the government, both state and federal, looks at us and thinks, ah, so what? We need rid of them anyway. We can't tax them anymore for the most part. So they're non-productive. Yeah. They're a waste population. Get rid of them. And if you can it's steal so their sad. stuff while you're doing it, yeah, go all ahead. The ba- all the better. <laughs> you know, yeah. Harvey was, he, Harvey, before the Guardian changed all his doctors, he actually had a really good doctor, and he was taking that vitamin B12, and that's one of the first things when the Guardian switched to switched his doctors, which that's what they do, their own doc- that was taken out of his, um, that was immediately taken out of, his yeah. uh, daily re- yeah. regimen was was all his vitamins and vitamin B12 and mm-hmm. you know it's just all so disgusting. I've seen that before. Yeah. Yeah, and, yeah, and, and you I know it sounds like Yeah. Why well, was going to say I was going to go No, you go ahead. You well, all I was going to say was I I I see people especially in my age group and they're taking handfuls of drugs for this, that, and something else. And then they'll say to me, oh, you take all those vitamins. Oh, what are you doing that for? Because I don't want to be you. And and they're always walking around going, I don't feel good. You know, I took all my medications. I don't know why I feel so poorly. Look at what all you stuffed down your throat. Why do you think you feel so poorly? Why do you think you, you can't hardly move? You can't hardly think or anything else. Look at all that crap you swallowed out of those prescription bottles. For what? Well, my doctor mm-hmm. said I had to have them. I don't care what your doctor said. At some point, you have got to make decisions for yourself. And I've gotten into battles with many doctors because I refused medications that I knew I really didn't need. And the one I love causes, well, I know you don't yeah. have high blood pressure now, but we don't want you to get it, so we're going to put you on a preventative no, you're not. <laughs> no, no, you're not. Well, I know you don't have diabetes now, but you know we need to be we need to be prepared and get you on a preventative. No, we don't. And and then they of course go over your diet with you. What are you eating? Well, salads. Well, what do you eat for breakfast? Salad. You know, I eat salads all the time, and uh, I eat as much raw food as possible. And, of course, you know, have fish or chicken for protein. And, but it's just like you, you have to, I don't drink alcohol. I don't consume pop. Once in a blue moon, maybe I'll have one if I'm out or something. But I don't eat processed mm-hmm. food. I don't eat fast food. Uh, I won't touch fast food. Oh, God, that stuff scares me to death. You don't know what the hell you're eating. And, um uh, and they're not going to tell you either, but uh, it, it does. It one of them me. had, yeah. 
I laughed. I can't remember which fast food one it was. And they had a campaign and it's like, it's real. It's a hundred percent real beef. It's, uh, you know, and it's like, we now use a hundred percent real beef. And it's like, wait, as opposed to not a hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and see, and the thing yeah. is, they can have as little as four percent real beef in a burger, and advertise it as real beef, because four percent of it is real beef. See, that's one of those tricks of advertising. But it's just, yeah, you don't know what you're eating. You really don't. And, uh, and sometimes I'm like really just, scared. They can just grind the whole the whole cow and everything. You know the. The bones and that. Well, oh, there's your real what, beef. Yeah, that's what pink slime is. You know all this stuff in the grocery store, yeah. preformed. That looks like ribs, but it isn't. Or bacon yeah. packages where each strip of bacon looks exactly alike. That's not possible yeah. in nature. And yeah. that's pink slime. And what pink slime is is all the scrap off the slaughterhouse floor, and they grind that. All the tendon cartilage. The hoo-hahs, the wahoos, um, eyeballs, ears, nose, any part of that animal that can be salvaged and ground up. And they grind it all together and extrude this stuff. And then they take the blood from the animal and they separate the hemoglobin out of it. And they make a type of what they call a protein glue. And that's what binds it together. They shape it. And let this glue set up, which doesn't take long. And then they package it and put it in the store for you. And I ain't touching it. Yeah, I will not Um, touch it. Um, They're trying to serve that in our schools as a cost saver. But like I say, you can't... uh, There's every possible usable part of an animal in there. And I mean, whatever you can think of, it's in there. And uh, the only thing I think they don't use is the spine and the brain. And that's because it can cause burra burra, you know, um, uh, Jacobs Jacobs disease, and which is what oh, cannibals get. But anyway, yeah. Oh, but yeah. Anyway, uh, and so you make that wonder- to some other country and let them use it. It seems like that's oh, that seems to be the ethic. Yeah. But like ground hamburger, those big tubes of ground hamburger, don't eat that mess. Mm-hmm. There can be meat from 40 different countries in there. All this thing about animal traceability, and we trace it back to this packing plant. That's as far as they can go. Because hamburger, most especially, can contain the scrap from 40 different countries. They ship it in frozen. They thaw it, mix it in with whatever's in the domestic supply, extrude it into those tubes, and put it in your grocery store for you. And you don't know how it was treated or processed or anything else. Uh, no, none of that. Of course, I haven't eaten a piece of beef now in probably 10 years. But uh, I don't know. But anyway, <laughs> ooh, let's get back to our time. We got off there. But anyway, um, yeah. we we are on well, this filial law thing again. And Yeah, we, <laughs> it, we sure stirred the pot with well, yeah. that one. Well, I said yes, with the foil no law, kidding. we sure stirred the pot there. I I didn't even yeah. know it existed until we got that letter with the re, you know with, with basically it was yeah. very threatening that we got to see the copy of, and then I just started researching it, and I mean, oh my goodness, and Marty, you, the feedback that you've gotten from 
yes. from people from and on I'm this. I'm still saying, I'm still saying, cause several of those responses I got, um, they, you know, they were too um, precise. Let me put it that way. Uh, they fell mm-hmm. just short of using like uh, the lingo for the trade. Uh, but it was, you know, like how, you know, we have an obligation and we must take care of our parents. And, and, and of course it went the whole gamut to, you know, you're, you're trying to leave old people in the street when their families could support him. Well, I'll tell you what, I've seen one family after another go into these probate courts and fight tooth and nail, trying to keep their family home with them. So that the bill didn't run up, but all sorts of home health care is available. There literally is no reason for anyone to be guardianized when family is ready to take them and family is fighting to get them. And to hear but, these guardians yeah. who are in it to steal the estate say, oh, the only, the only reason they want to they take care of them is, is uh, so that they can inherit everything. Well, that's their right to mm-hmm. inherit, not yours. Yeah. Not yours. What did you, yeah. you know? Um, but yeah, it's just, and they just go in. Uh, and, it was yeah, demonize the family. Yeah, and they yes. just go in and demonize yeah. the family. And when they say, "Oh, you know, we need to, you need to help pay their bills," and da 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 da, how, what percentage of their bills is paying the stupid guardian and these attorneys? Yes, I bet you that's more well, than fifty percent of their stupid bills. Yeah, exactly. Now, and see, and here's another problem I have with this. You've got Medicare. Parents are on that. Nobody gets Medicare Mm -hmm. free. I don't care who you are. You do not get it. Everybody pays a premium after paying into this your whole life. Mm -hmm. You still have to pay a premium, and you still have to make co-pays at the doctor and co-pays on prescriptions and co-pays on Mm -hmm. whatever else they want. And then there's the donut hole from $2,500 to $5,000 where Medicare doesn't pay anything. That's why this was the gift to the insurance companies. You have to carry gap insurance to cover that gap. That's where most of the charges for Medicare fall into is that 2500 to 5000 range. So you have to carry gap insurance, which is expensive, and it doesn't cover very much. By the time you get done with your gap insurance and Medicare, they're only paying a total of 80% of your bill, and you're still left holding the bag on 20%. After all the premiums and the co-pays and the extra insurance and everything, you're still going to pay 20% on top of all of that. And I calculated that out one day. In actuality, let's say you have a $1,000 bill. Well, if you pay 20%, it means that um, you paid 200 they paid 800 but the way it actually works out is you pay around 600 between the co-pays and the 20% left and all this other mess, and they only pay four. But now they've attached Medicaid to Medicare, and they call this the Advantage Program. Ooh, you oh. can get benefits you didn't know. And what this is, is this is the state takes bids. You go into it with mama, honey. The Kate takes takes bids on um, who's going to administer Medicaid, and when they do, uh, whichever insurance company gets it, they're the ones that sell the policy. And this pisses me off so bad because I can't stand it. If the elderly oh. person goes into long-term care for more than eleven months. 
Now, this is what mm-hmm. they sold you the policy for. This is what you were paying premiums mm-hmm. for. This is what they promised you. You buy our policy and we'll cover long-term care, among other things. Mm-hmm. Go in there for more than 11 months, they can come take your house. The way they're covering it is they say the state has a right to recapture the money it spent on you. The state didn't spend any money. Like I say, that Medicaid policy is administered by a private insurance company. It is the insurance company that's going to take your house. Um, This is not a deal. This is is another avenue for property theft and, Mm -hmm. you know, an extortion, basically. So, yeah. and what I want to find out, figure out, cause is why, if you sold a policy and said you would cover long-term care, why all of a sudden do you need to be paid back? Obviously, when you sold the policy, you thought you were collecting enough in premiums that if somebody needed this, the funds would be there. But now mm-hmm. all of a sudden they're not. They got to take your house. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, it's just. I I don't know. It seems like from every angle, whether it's the government, and that's another thing on Medicaid, they're or Medicare. They're talking about how it's insolvent. They can't keep going. Then go after that thirty to sixty billion built out of Medicare every single year by the medical industry. You know it. You mm-hmm. reported it. Why aren't you doing anything about it? Instead, you're talking about cutting benefits. Why so yeah. they can keep stealing thirty to sixty billion? But I, I don't know because, like I say, it's a this is no country to grow old in, and I got a feeling that there aren't many countries in the world that it is. Um, it, we we are targeted. That. Yeah, mm-hmm. we are targeted. They want rid of us. They want rid of us so bad, and uh, that's a nice how do you do after fifty, sixty years of work. And um, yeah, I, I yeah. Know. You go into your you know retirement and your golden years. And did you uh-huh. know? Here's an interesting tidbit. So, because my husband did retire like a year and a half ago, although now he's he's working at um the steakhouse, so he's not just sitting around. He's working a ton, but doing what he loves. But anyway, person when they retire and they draw these pensions from the different state pensions, and this is actually proven. They usually only live about two years after retirement. Isn't that yes. interesting? Yeah. Just the average person just lives and, uh, two years after retirement. And, and the reason know, and is I'm, they just sit around and don't, well, they sit, yeah. the reason is, is that so many people just, you know, I don't know, sit around and play video games or, I, I mean, they just sit around, drink some beer, and they don't stay active. Right. And right. I they just thought that was sedentary. really interesting. Yeah, you work your whole life, and now you're going to retire, and your average age is, you know, you're going to live two years. I mean, I wonder what cocktail of medications you're on, but I just found that to be a shocking statistic. Yeah, they said the biggest uh, predictor of death is retirement, and uh, because you spend this lifetime, you know, going to work, going to work, going to work, going to work, and... Mm-hmm. Then all of a sudden you're not going anywhere. You're not doing, and a lot of people just simply sit down. You can't do that. You you've got to no. stay. Active. Um, you just have yeah. got to stay active. But um, you know, I think we need to do more digging. This filial law thing. 
This took me oh. by surprise. All the stuff I have dug through all these years, cause, and mm-hmm. until we read that letter from that predator guardian, I had no idea this thing was out there. This was not out me far, either. Under the radar. Yeah. Uh huh. Yep. I think they all had a, a Zoom call, and and they're like, "Well, now let's you know, activate the next level." And because they're getting yeah. away with everything else that they're doing, yes. they're like, "Let's try this one." You know, what's next after that one? Go after the grandchildren. Like, I don't know. What's the new law? It's just like yep. unbelievable. Unbelievable. It is. It's extorting yeah, the whole I, family. Oh, yeah. yeah that you better, you can't fight them. Don't fight them. Right. Because they're going to come after yeah. you. Now, what I'm going to find to be interesting is, so let's say that your parents live in one of these states that have FLEA law, but you yourself live in a state that doesn't have it, how are they going to go? Can they go after you when you're living in this other state? That's going to be interesting. If they have uniform laws, they will. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. So that's what they're going to do. That's going to be something to watch. Yes, because what that does is it removes state sovereignty sovereignty and determination. Mm -hmm. Uh, Laws are different state to state because it reflects the population state to state. You have different cultures, different mindsets. You have different. So each state is is a reflection of the people that live in it. Mm-hmm. And this thing, I say, this would make, oh, yeah, they could jump clear across from New York to California and go after somebody under uniform law. And as it is now, I don't believe they can. Um, I think you have to live in the same state. But that's one of those points we need to look up and verify and mm-hmm. see what what actually is, or like if a state is, is, uh, will act as a receiver, you know, if you're after somebody mm-hmm. on this level, after the kids and they're, you know, in Utah and you're in New Jersey, um, can they go into Utah? Will Utah allow them to come in and go after the kids? Um, so it's a, you know, it, it's a matter of, right. then that's the thing. There seems to be no actual boundaries on this stuff. Um, there just doesn't seem to be any – they can just do whatever they want. And, mm-hmm. you know, it's just – I mean, look at all the people out here fighting this stuff all these years, cause, And we still got legislators, like I say, who go, oh, I didn't know anything. Well, it must be an isolated case. Yeah. Well, I've never heard <laughs> yeah. of that. You're lying through your damn teeth. Uh-huh. Um, you know. Yeah, well, you know I can't do anything. That's this department's job, and I can't do anything because they're the ones that take care. No, you're the elected representative. You're supposed to be looking out for us. And no, but that's their that's, campaign contributions come yeah. out of all this yeah. scam and money. Yeah. Yes. Speaking yes. of campaigns, do we have um? Do we have Elaine McMahon? Uh, she was going yes, to be calling in to do. give us an update. Amen. Do we Here have Elaine? She is. Elaine. Oh, hey, Hi. Elaine. Hi, how are you doing? Good, good. We're we're talking about, you know, all the different filet law, which we were talking about earlier today and everything, and just all these, like, dirty politicians. And we, of course, are always talking about those atholes. They have a special place in my heart because that's where I had to deal with guardianship and their courts and you know, that drug on 11 years, they still have stuff going on, and it's very disgusting. So 
Montgomery County, Pennsylvania. I do wonder, me living in Wisconsin, they don't have filial laws here in Wisconsin, so I'm going to have to really watch what's going on. Could they have come after me? And I had read that they even can go after, like, because Harvey was my uncle, they still could have came after me because they don't just go after children. They'll go after nieces and nephews. And if you're going to start going after people all over the country, this is going to, this Mm -hmm. is going to be insane. This is going to be absolutely insane. Well, what's really, you know, what's really interesting is that this, these laws, which I wasn't familiar with myself, which what's really interesting is it falls under uh, 23 Pennsylvania, it falls under the domestic relation laws, which that's, they're the laws that address child, it addresses custody, child support, it's uh, all the family stuff, divorce laws. So, for instance, the court can, let's say they asset strip somebody in a divorce, right, and they leave you indigent, and now they're going to move to take the money from your children when they're adults. Yeah. So, yeah. You know what I'm saying? They're just moving it around on the board. So, like, they took mm-hmm. everything from me, and now I'm thinking, oh, okay, they took everything from me, and now that I could be left indigent, now they can go after my children who have now grown. And it's it's right. amazing how that it falls right under there, um, Title 23, domestic relations and with the houses I was already aware but I didn't realize from that angle I just knew that houses were supposed to be preserved if somebody ends up like on Medicaid because I did know once you go on there that they have the right to take your home to pay for like these this care afterwards now I didn't know it fell under any kind of private health care but I know for like Medicaid and I'm not familiar with the Medicare. And here on the side note, by the way, you know, they put they can put a child on the Medicare as well. Now, I got something in the mail last month. They want to put my child, he's a teenager, onto Medicare, a kid who is, my son, he he's in the stream, and it, he is no, he's not employed or anything. He's not employable. He's already recognized by the government. Uh, you know, I hope in the future he can. But where would he get money? Like I called them up. I said, where's he supposed to get money to pay for these these premiums? They would just take it from disability, let's say. But then there's all those co-pays, which I know it's it's sometimes a hardship for some seniors. But like let's say it's a, a, a typical senior who may have worked their whole life. They save money. Maybe they have pensions or whatever they have. Maybe they have some money to pay some co-pays and some of your meds. But where would a kid who's not employed? And the woman said to me on the phone, she goes, well, can he get a little job? So the kid is on disability specifically because he's not employable, determined by the government, not determined by me because I did what I had ever I could do to try and Mm -hmm. help him to get a job. And that was going through agencies as well. Um, and so he couldn't get a job. So he was put on this disability. And now they're saying, go get a job just to pay for insurance. <laughs> I was like, yeah. I, I thought we had a, oh, I thought this Obamacare expanded it to people. So someone who does, who has disability and can't work, determined by the government, they're going to tell them, kick them off, and tell them to go get pay for their own insurance or 
contribute, yet <laughs> other people mm-hmm. <laughs> who I'm not going to name names of anybody specific, but I'm just saying, wh- where do they draw these lines? Where do they come up with this? It doesn't even, it's not even logical is what I'm saying. It, you know, they the, have these the, lanes, the worst, mm-hmm. the worst part That's, of this is you could call there every day, get a different person and you will get a different yes. answer. You're correct. And you that is where there, there is nothing static about the information they give you every day. You could call a dozen times a day. You will get a dozen different answers all day long. You are they, correct. Nobody yeah. knows. Mm-hmm. Yep. And, and they have these laws for convenience. And they have like laws for convenience. When it's convenient, we'll apply it this day, yes. not the other day. We'll, we'll apply it yep. to Jane Doe, but not John Doe. They have these laws for convenience. They don't apply it. They misapply things. And uh, yep. well, I can, I'd be here all night telling you uh, all kinds of stuff that I have gone through with all these different things in the system. But it's interesting how you get, once you're tagged, you're on this like merry-go-round. You can't get off. You get shifted right. from one, one area of corruption to the next. You know, yes. there's just, there's no exit, no, no, no way out. No. Um, but yeah, I don't want to go ahead. Well, yeah, you know, and then like pensions too, what people don't understand about pension funds is you may contribute, your employer may contribute, but you need to look and see who owns that fund because you don't have squat till the money is put back in your hand. They can mm-hmm. blow that money, take a Caribbean cruise, fly to the moon, do whatever they want to do, squander it in any way they want to so that you have nothing and there's nothing you can do because you don't own anything. So until your pension actually starts paying you, uh, why do you think the federal government wants to take over all pension plans? Mm-hmm. They've been trying this for 10 years. Is because this is a gold mine of funds that they can siphon off and blow on wars and bailing out banks yeah. and this and that and something else. And you're just left without too bad for you. It's like when the stock market collapsed and in 2008. The people that lost their money were the people who invested for retirement, small investors. They all lost their money, lost everything. The guys at the top got in their limo and drove home to their palatial estate, ate dinner, and went to bed. Yeah. They didn't I, lose you know, a dime. Well, I out. <laughs> I re- my father yeah. had a pen. My father's long dead now. But um, but I remember when it was time for him, uh, he was going to retire. He retired early, too, because um, it didn't pay for him. He was paying so much money in tax. He said he, he, half his income was going for tax, and he, and he wasn't a, a super wealthy. He had a, a, a good-paying job with the government, but that was it. He took his pension. He had the option. Now, this is years ago. He had the option to do a lump sum. So he took that. He wasn't gambling because there were so many pensions that had been robbed and stolen for yes. for something. People put their money in whatever, some, whatever different appointment, mm-hmm. and it would be sucked out. And they said, well, we decided we need to, to use the pension fund for such and such. And they just took yep. you know, people's pensions away. Um, so my father, he had an option to take, and he just took, he'd rather take, get less and get his hands on it. And I think he got paid out something every month, a smaller amount, but he took that option. And I bet you, they don't have many options like that now. Uh, no, no, you know, you pay in it. 
Go ahead. I don't think people get pensions anymore. Like if you're city and state employees, I think that it's kind of getting to be less and less that they want to be doing those sort of things. Because I've heard this I mean, from my older kids. Yeah, I heard this mm-hmm, from my older yeah. kids that like nobody's even doing pensions. You're lucky if you get, you know, social security and who knows where that'll be and um and yeah. there's so many ways that you can be uh robbed of that as well. Um yeah. You know, oh, yeah. when people people get a judgment on you, they can go after your mm-hmm. uh social security or a certain percent of it. Um I mean there's a lot of different things you don't realize until you encounter an experience how, you know, you think something is sitting there, protect it, and guess what? It's uh, not. Nothing's pro- right. Nothing is safe. No. And, and I think that's Nothing's another safe. tragic part in all of this, too, the idea that, like, that Mary Rowan up in Detroit, you know, 1,700 yeah. wards, all of them on Social Security and or railroad or veterans, and she's taking all of their money. And they get forty four dollars mm-hmm. a month, and she stashes them in one of her residential homes that have never been inspected. And she, you know, they talk about how she chains the refrigerators shut every night so they can't get in the food. Okay. And um, you know, these people a lot of times go without heat and everything else. But imagine that um, the amount of money this woman has siphoned off of these people. And that's what I think is tragic about all of this. None of it is about actually caring for these people. None of it is, and and too many times in guardianship, it is totally unnecessary. There is family who will care for, wants to care for the elderly person. It is the guardian and the attorneys, along with the cooperation of that probate tribunal, that rip that person away from their family. And, and don't forget, I think once don't forget who, yeah. don't forget who rubber stamps all that. It can't get it's yeah. all rubber stamped by that judiciary. Mm-hmm. Yes, they couldn't get away with and that without the judge. That it's the at the at at the end of it, it all comes back to the judges. Yeah. Well, and that's just that these aren't the, actual. Mm-hmm. These aren't actual judges of the law because they don't deal with the law. They deal with statute and code and regulation. And the reason all of these were moved into these specialized tribunals was to get away from constitutional rights and protections, due process, jury Mm -hmm. trials, all of that stuff that you would have to do in a normal court of law. And these are civil cases. They should be treated in a civil court. Bring your evidence. Prove your charges. You know, follow the code of civil procedure. But this is why they took them out of those courts and created these subcourts, these tribunals, was so that they don't have to abide by any of that. And the judiciary is the one that created this system. Um, they're the ones that put it into play. So you can't go to them and say, fix this, because they're the ones that – and they're the ones profiting. But yeah. that person in that tribunal ha- you, does not have to have any um, training in the law. Of course, neither do Supreme Court justices. And um, – doesn't have to have any formal training, but they are either hearing examiners or ministerial clerks, or you know, some people say, "Well, we elect them in our state, and uh, you don't." But anyway, you think you do, but you don't. But these people, um, they are agency personnel. They are not a member of the judiciary, and you have to understand that. And we allow Marty, these people to strip. Uh, yes, go ahead. I was just going to say. 
um, you know, not until most people, most people don't know from anything with the law. You know, you know, you're, you're, you're raised by your parents or whoever, and you know right from wrong. But most people don't right. really know much with the law until you encounter it. But take a, if anyone takes a look at your constitution, your state constitution, I mean, I've looked at, um, I'm in Pennsylvania. I've looked at mine. I've, I've looked at Wisconsin and Georgia and uh, Minnesota and, and most of the others. And interesting mm-hmm. is the people, the people, the citizens, we're always the first article, the priority in this constitution. Yeah. Then in every single one of those constitutions, uh, the second important, the sec- section that's like either second or third or something, the next in line is the legislators. They're the ones that create the law. And then third right. is the executive, which is like your governor. And the next one down is the judicial branch. So in Pennsylvania, the judiciary is uh, Article Five, the, the fifth down. Yet they're running the whole show, and I'll, and it's probably yeah. the same throughout the country. So you have all they're yeah. supposed to be is some sort of fact finder and a referee. They, they their job could be yeah. determined by any administrative type of thing. You, you here's the facts and plug in the law and spit out the decision. But instead, they come in. Yeah. And they overreach, they overthrow, and and then the other two branches are like looking with their hands up. Well, I don't know. Well, the legislators can come in and legislate law that puts more control on the or con, uh, actually accountability and uh, consequences if they don't comply because we already know what you're, they're supposed to do. When, but nobody's enforcing anything. It, again, you no. have this judicial. It's the judicial overreach and. Well, what we have seen now with the election. They become dictators. Yes. Yes. Well, it's like in Wisconsin, we had the one, um, the probate judge, and there's some rules that a state senator did, and it was Angela. She goes, and she's like, hey, this judge isn't following this law that you passed, and talked to the senators that had passed it. And she asked them, how are you going to enforce that? If you're passing laws, how do you enforce that the judge follows the laws? And she got shoulder shrug, like, "Mm, I don't know. Well, what's the point? What's the point? So basically the the judge, and it's this judge in uh, Portage, Wisconsin, he's just a dictator. He just sits on the bench, doesn't have to pay attention to any state law. And you know what? Oh, you have a whole bunch of uh, property. Boom, I want it. I mean, just guardianize yeah. this, this. I mean, it's just, it's really one of the, a very disgusting case. And we've had her on the show. And basically, the digging and everything, just to realize that they're basically dictators. They don't have to follow any law. They might fluff it up a little bit to make it look good. But they don't have to follow any law. And there's no consequence. And even if they do something illegal, they have this judicial immunity. You're That's right. Dealing, right. You're just dealing with a dictator. Yes, and, you're and dealing with a dictator. If you can bribe, yeah. If you give yeah. a bribe, maybe yeah. it will work out for you. But, you know, you got to find the attorney that can get the bribe there. I mean, that's really what it's come down to. Anyone, yeah. and I don't think that the average American realizes, like, you don't have really any, the justice doesn't exist for you. It just it doesn't. Not, no. And you know what? Like I have litigated my family court matter for many years, and not because I have nothing better to do, because there's uh, there's nothing 
else there's there's nothing left i mean you know it's a cardboard box on the sidewalk or uh, you know exhaust your remedies and and after they ran out of excuses the the judicial branch because they ran out there there is no excuse for everything or anything they have done then they court ordered away my right constitutional rights that i can't even file in court and and they even have denied me appeals, which is guaranteed in the Pennsylvania Constitution. Your um, right to appeal is guaranteed in Article 5, Section 9. So they look for excuses. They will make up stuff. They will fabricate stuff. They have blatant lies written on I just got a court order that was entered on Monday. It's just blatant lie. I mean, I could, you know, fax either of you or send it to you. So here's the order and here's, here's the records that show it's a lie. It doesn't matter. And here's, can I read something real quick? It was written by, I guess it was Alexander Hamilton in this, uh, it's called the Federalist number 78. He, he warned that right. although, although liberty can have nothing to fear from the judiciary alone, Liberty would have everything to fear if the judiciary were to unite with other branches of government. So, in other words, they join to if all the judges have to do is join together one with one other, let's say, branch, you know, and and then there go your rights. And they're they're basically supposed to be guarding the judges are supposed to guard the Constitution, but instead, what they've done is abdicate from the judicial branch and they're just sitting up on those benches like a king and dictating. Yeah. And, um, you know, it's real, but we saw with the election in Pennsylvania that that judicial, um, the overreach, it was not exclusive uh, to anything. This is broad. They've used, they use it with the guardianships. They use it with the family courts. They used it with the election law, uh, a number of things. It's, it's, I would be surprised if they followed the law. <laughs> that would be a surprise to me. Because in my experience, yeah. I haven't no. seen them. Yeah. And Marty, I did finish my book. I just, I'm sitting here scared to death to do the publish. It only takes, it's a short time to publish it, but it's all about how the courts don't follow the law. That's what it's oh, cool. really well, about. Oh, cool. Get it published, girl. I, I was I tried yeah. I thought I was I it, it, I only need like two days for all that stuff to go through it's it's about the retaliation um, I had hoped to have it done the I was trying to get it done by the end of July and then um, I I was pretty sure it would be done by September October and it kind of is done I really I'm sort of fearful but maybe we'll see next week. <laughs> yeah. so, you were telling me. I think that you should answer the question that you were telling me. We, were, we talked earlier today, and and Elaine said I'd really love to ask Marty a few questions. And you know what? I think you can because I think there's listeners that would like to hear the answers to these questions about what names do you publish them. Go ahead and ask Marty because Marty's Marty is like Marty. You're in like the was it like a reporter? There was like this big writing group that you're in. What is the name of that? Oh, yeah, like, uh, I know what it is. It's National Journalists Society of... Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah now, it's just a matter. I've been getting mixed. I've gotten mixed information from people. Some say, use everybody's real name. Go ahead. And, and I said, well, they'll all be coming after me, suing me. And someone says, well, so mm-hmm. what? So what? Let them drag you in the court, and then everybody will find out about what's been going on. And then others said, no, use, use initials for people. 
that's what they do with the custody cases. They just use initials, and uh, and then you won't have to deal with the court stuff. But you know, or, or as someone else mentioned, making up a name, like just uh, you know, uh, some kind of name that describes the person. You know, Judge Bully yeah. or something. <laughs> uh, so yeah. I was on. I wasn't sure about that. And then, you know, some people say you better have all your, you know, ducks in a row, proof of every single thing to back it up. And, uh, yes. but I don't, you know, so I mean, yeah. um, I guess I do have that, but. Mm-hmm. Well, well, the thing I mean, is, uh, for your own protection, I would advise you to use uh, cover names. And if, you know, uh, what do I want to say? If somebody recognizes their self and what you've written, that's not your problem. That's theirs. Uh, you're making an assumption for which you have no proof. You know what I'm saying? Um, but I would use like Attorney X or this one, you know, something like that along that line, uh, just for your own protection to keep yourself from ending up because um, these people are vicious. I mean, they are vicious. And uh, if they think they can squeeze another dime out of you, Elaine, they will. And uh, but if and if nothing else, to shut you up. But no. Um, and now the only way I would say different is if if you've got documents, you know, um, verifiable documents, then you can use it because and if they are public documents, yes, you can do that, and mm-hmm. uh, you can use their real names. And uh, use, you know, like the name of the law firm and who who the attorney was and explain what they did. Now, what you don't want to do is cast asparagus on their character. Uh, Leave that to the reader's imagination. That's where you'll get in trouble. If you malign them, we've got one of the glory hugs, you know, constantly is being insulted and maligned. Only he can't Mm -hmm. point out any instances where that's true, but... um, that's one of the big things there, and uh, mm-hmm. but simply stating from your documents, these are public record court documents. This is who came against me. This is who I was fighting. No, you can get away with that. Just don't mm-hmm. um, attack anybody's character. Uh, what they've done will speak volumes about their character. You don't have to say anything. And. Mm-hmm. Um, now there's one reporter. I won't name I won't name his name, but he's told me he he likes to write um he wrote, writes about a whole bunch of stuff, but Otholes is is one of the topics that he writes about and he said he's just waiting for the Otholes to come sue him. And he pokes at the Otholes and he sends them emails and he's like those darn Otholes will not file a lawsuit against me. And in the reason, and then he has all these legal reasons why he would love it. I don't understand why. Why would this one reporter love the Atholes to file like a libel lawsuit against him? Because he would love well, it. Well, because because what he writes, it'll it'll bring more attention, yes. and they and they want to cover yes. it up. They want to keep it quiet. Yeah. Yeah. So but that's why they will never his, go after. Yeah. Yeah. It'll boost his visibility, and it will. Um, Basically, give maybe some credence to what he's writing that he doesn't already have, you know that kind of thing. So mm-hmm. it, it's all marketing, and um, you know it's just I, I don't know. Um, 
and I'd like to talk to you about this off air, Elaine. I really don't like giving yeah. away so much on air. And yeah. uh, so let's plan on doing that here and because sure. maybe I can help you just a little bit there. And uh, I'm not an expert, but I do know a few things. And um, mm-hmm. but, um, yeah, it just, yeah, you need to get that book out. And yeah. I, I don't know, I to be this age, and I'm not telling you what this age is, but to be this age mm-hmm. and to see this country in such a shambles. And to hear people screaming about God and we're a Christian nation and all of this. No, we are not. We never (laughs) were. We were never supposed to be. Uh, You go to the Treaty of Tripoli. It was a treaty between Washington and the King of Spain over trading with the Muslims. And Article 7, it's either 7 or 11 in that treaty. Washington says to the King of Spain as a guarantee that the United States is in no sense founded on the Christian religion. And if you read the papers from the founders, all 38, 39 of them, four of them had been ministers. Three of those had become atheists and one still was. Thomas Jefferson, in his letters uh, between him and his friend Dr. Cooper, he said, we'll survive if we can keep religion out of the mix. But the reason I bring this up is, I keep having this religious stuff shoved at me and scriptures and, oh, God's working on this now and blah, blah, blah. No, no. If God had, it was anywhere in this, it wouldn't be happening. And you, you can't stand up and say you're a Christian nation and know that these things are going on mm-hmm. and see the elderly being persecuted and targeted and robbed and abused and neglected. And and then wave a Bible at me and tell me what a Christian you are. I don't want to hear it. Um, I I don't know how to get a handle on this. I've been trying for 13 years now. I don't know how to get a handle on this. Um, we we have no control over our government. The enemy is inside the gate, in my estimation. Don't worry about anybody flying in here and doing anything. They're already here. The plane has landed. But they have no intentions of protecting us. They have no intentions of getting control of this judiciary. It needs to be totally shut down, revamped, and brought back with a whole lot of restrictions on it. And and, and I, I truly believe that. It needs to be shut. It is of no service to the American public. There isn't a judge out there that isn't for sale that won't pull off the dirtiest of deals. And how these people calling themselves here and examining, well, the judge, I refuse to call him a judge. And, well, it's like that one time when I had my girls, they were still uh, in high school, and they tried to make me take them for DNA, and I was in one of these tribunals, and I refused to produce them for that. And I figured my granddaughters, when they got old enough, if they wanted to get their DNA done, they could. And so when I went in there, the judge, that's what he said he was, said, I called him Mr. Davis. And he said, that's <laughs> Judge Davis. And I said, well, if we're going to use fictitious titles, you can call me your majesty. <laughs> and um, so that didn't go over too well. He said, you'll call me judge. I said, if you were a judge, I would, but you're not. 
I said, you're a ministerial clerk. You work for the same agency that came against me. So I said, this is already tilted. But see, this goes on all the time. This is what I was saying. All these agencies, the people you think are independent workers or, you know, only an adjunct to everybody else, they're actually part of these same agencies. And they're not going to lose their job over you. You know, and then you have the the thing, too, of people get in these positions. Uh, Somebody, a close friend, Marcel, explained to me that power is far more important than money. Money will necessarily follow power. But for some people, it's almost like an aphrodisiac, that sense of power, that sense of control over somebody else's life. And when I think of these tribunals and these examiners sitting up there, levying these damn what they know are egregious judgments against people stripping their rights stealing their identity knowing that what they are doing is fraudulent from one end to the other and they come back and do it again the next day that is just uh, they're drunk with power yes 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 they're addicted right and yes i say that they're intoxicated with uh, this money and power, yeah, it's an addiction for them. It absolutely is. Wait, you know what I find also like really disgusting, and it's just a whole other um, realm of the judiciary, is the death penalty. How many innocent people have been put to death? And we hear about it all the time. We all know it's happened, and the judges are in control of how much evidence the jury can even hear. Yep. So that's exactly it, right. It's it's, mm-hmm. it's there. You know, people like oh, jury trial, jury trial. Well, no, because mm-hmm. the judge is just going to orchestrate that anyway. And you've got yes. these attorneys that are going to railroad a person. And yep. we have people on death row and people who have been killed. You think? I mean, there's this saying, the Innocence Project. Why are there yeah. so many different sorts of groups like this if there wasn't a problem? Yes. Well, and see, yes. and Tanya does those right. shows on mm-hmm. on uh, Tuesday and Sunday nights about Oklahoma prisons. And she's had a number of people on that show that through the Innocence Project or other means, they have gotten off a death row because it was proven they could not have committed the crime. And the thing is, they show where the prosecutors fabricated the whole case and yet the prosecutors should never go to jail. Oh, and here's some trouble. of these people and have been yeah, 20, right. 40 years sitting on death row, and that prosecutor is still walking right. around. And how do you yeah. get your years of – you can't get your life back. Somebody can get – right now, if somebody dumped a big suitcase of money for me, it, it's not going to get me my life back from all the years I spent with the court. I didn't have a criminal case, okay? So I'm not going to cry that I was – I'm certainly not going to, you know, compare being locked up in a prison. I can't do that. But I will tell you for a fact that I had a number of judges who blatantly lied on record with stuff even just recently, even uh, even about a week and a half ago. They blatantly lie to orchestrate the outcome. And I've been to trials, civil trials, of course, it's not criminal, but I have been basically, uh, there's a name for it, but I'm going to just say gagged. So I wasn't even allowed to present certain evidence. And then whatever I did present, if they exclude it and don't allow a jury to hear it, you may as well be sitting there duct taped shut with your mouth 
you know, blind and everything else. And the juries, most people think, oh, I'm going to have a jury of my peers. Well, first of all, not all those people in that jury are your peers, number one. And number two, they're only permitted by the judge to make a decision based on what the evidence that they're permitted to hear. So you could tell your sob story and show all your evidence, and if it's excluded by the judge, well, then you didn't even present. It might have, You might have been sitting there, you know, saying nothing. Well, and so I know well, the other fact, part of and it, I have mm-hmm. – go ahead. Go ahead. Well, go ahead. the other thing of it is, too, it's just like when you get a jury trial and the jury comes down and the judge instructs them, which he should not do. Absolutely. But he strikes them, and what they're and they the jury comes back with a verdict that the judge doesn't like because after all their finagling, you were supposed right. to do this, and instead you do that. Right. Mm-hmm. And how many judges we said, um, well, I realize the jury's voted, but I'm going to set aside their decision. They ought to go to jail right there. That's that right. And I have a I, I have a transcript where a judge. 27 pages in a transcript from him directing the jury. He's telling them not to follow the law. I, I, you can't believe this. I can send this to you, Marty, for you to see with your own eyes. Yes, He's please. directing them not to follow the law and, and to just uh, do what he says. And he's telling them to follow whatever the other side just fabricated. And they were caught perjuring themselves. No, nothing to back anything up. And so I've been through this. One of the judges I had from my family court case used to be a D or one of the DAs, the assistant DAs. And I thought about with all the lies that this judge wrote, records in my case, absolute lies. She just fabricated, made up. I can't imagine how many people went to jail or who knows if there's any death yes. penalties with her. Yep. So she didn't just start lying in my case. She, you know, she, right. that's got to be a whole pattern there. And I thought, wow, how many, and I, I had shared that with a friend of mine who, who heard and saw and some of this stuff that was going on. I said, this, she must have been doing all this stuff while she was at the DA's office. And how many people went to prison falsely yep. with her making stuff up? This is, it's, yeah. it's horrible. And there's no consequences. There's no consequences. Right. No, and, and that's why right. we need uh, that. You know, that's where accountability and reform is needed. And for over ten years, I've tried with the legislators, and they're, they don't have an appetite. <laughs> I yeah. mean, yeah. you know, the legislators are supposed to represent the constituents in their district. They're not supposed to be mm-hmm. aligning themselves with the judges or or the or the governor. You know, the executive branch. And so this is where we have a real problem. And no, I didn't elect any of those people. <laughs> They're not the people yeah. that I elected. Well, but you see, you know, mm-hmm. something. And, and another thing that people operate under the delusion that we are supposed to have a democracy. No, we're not. A democracy a is mob rule. That's uh, yes, exactly we're supposed right. To have a republic. That's a democracy right. is mob rule, and what that means in this case, when it comes to the courts, the judiciary is the mob. And that's who's mm-hmm. ruling yeah. everything. They can do whatever they want. We are supposed to have a representative republic. And when you refer to senators and representatives as, you know, are dem- democratically elected, no, you were elected as a as a representative of me. And you it, and believe me, John Lacron has taught me this so well. Words have meanings. 
And when you keep using the word democracy, you are forfeiting your right to representation. You are letting the mob rule. And Mm -hmm. so, like I say, in this case, it's a judiciary. What other group do you know other than the police can vote themselves qualified immunity? And the state and federal congresses say not a word. Qualified immunity. Yeah, we broke the law. Yeah, we violated rights. Yeah, we we really screwed up on this, which you can't do anything to us because we got a black robe on. You can't touch us. And qualified immunity, qualified for what? To be a crook? To be a liar? What? You didn't say what you were qualified for. And uh, it surely isn't the law. Because you apparently don't need know anything about that. That's uh, you know I've harped on this before, but when they passed this up in Minnesota on these probate courts, and I just was railing because I knew what this was. And that judge caught me out in the hallway. He said, "See, Marty, see you don't understand. You don't understand. If we hadn't done this." separated because the state courts are just bogged down they're just bogged down with all these cases so we had to separate these out and if we hadn't he said see we'd had to hire more judges and and obtain more courtrooms and i said isn't that what you just did only you created a a tertiary court system Mm -hmm. and he looked at me got mad and he goes well and i said what we need is a citizens commission i said to oversee this stuff so that you can't just arbitrarily decide that you're going to split up things. And he, that's what he said to me. He said, well, you can't have uh, uh, citizens on there. What do they know about the law? I said, well, judging from many of your rulings, I know as much as you do. And, uh, <laughs> I mean, what the hell could it hurt, you know? Uh, but it's just, I, I, I don't know. And, you know, God bless every one of the advocates out there that's up there trying to fight and the activists. And I hear people say, well, I've got 10,000 people on my Facebook page. And, and so, you know, um, and we're really, uh, no, you, the, you've got 9,990 hangers on and the other 10 might get up and do something. If you could get those, even half of those people up to protest, to present themselves at City Hall. To go down to your legislature, you'd be doing something, but they won't do it. They won't do it. Um, we call them keyboard warriors. They hit like and share, and and uh, bless your hearts. I, I appreciate those likes and shares, but, you know, we need people to stand up. And just like with you, Elaine, there needs to be people from your community standing with you to get justice for you. But they won't. The pro- it's so bit Well, Marty, I'm just telling you, I've reached out, and it's been going for many years now, but I did reach out to this one particular organization about maybe two months ago. Do you know, and the organization is out of state. Uh, They deal with constitutional uh, due process rights and things like that. Do you know this, this particular attorney has been trying for about five weeks or more. She can't even find an attorney who the person has to be able to practice here, even for a federal matter, a federal suit. Can right. even find one person in my state, uh, and and this particular attorney uh, would not be able to work here. Well, they can't just go flying up here, uh, you know, right. for a matter. But they'd have to work in conjunction with someone. That's how bad it mm-hmm. is. 
you saw, you must have yeah. seen with the news that the Supreme Court, they just gave the green light for the Secretary of State, which is under the governor, to go and change election law right before the election. And neither of them had the authority. The Supreme Court doesn't have the authority, and nor did that no. Secretary of State. It's a legislative thing. So that shows you every all the lawyers here, they know what they're dealing with if they have to go. They know the issues that I have have to go to the Supreme Court, and they know they know the reality of it. Hey, two years ago, just two years ago, right now, I got two different letters from two different Supreme Court justices letting me know that they got in-kind gifts and contributions from the opposing side while they were sitting on my appeals. And, of course, the other side prevails, and it was, you know, crystal clear things. It wasn't discretionary. The laws are already written, in other words. And so, you know, that's how it goes. Somebody's going to have to prove to me otherwise, but as far as I see, they're all for sale. And uh, this is all pay-for-play, quid, quid pro quo, you know, any of those names you want to call it. As far as I'm concerned, you call it bribery. <laughs> but, um, mm-hmm. you know, and everybody knows it. And and if you have a person who doesn't have money to pay, you know, no lawyer wants to get in up to their neck with something like this or be blacklisted, you know, something like that. And it's real hard. But, um tried a little bit for me and they just see they're they're really going up against a, a huge a huge thing um i i can't name well marty i'll i'll tell you more privately if you want but i am reaching out in other areas at this point uh because i'm spinning my wheels uh the supreme court made made you know it real clear uh you know their position at this point you know they have me and or my child owing child support to the state, which came about by computer tampering. And this is a financial crime, you know, with the Title IV. And you know, they just put a bogus entry in there. And they're claiming that that's the reason right now my kid's support was cut off. And effectively, effectively, based on the records, um, I could email it to you, Marty, because it's on one page I could show you now. But effectively, they cut off my children's support when they were 10 years old and 13. I mean, they're minor children at that age, and they effectively cut off my child support. So, you know, I mean, I, you know, this is instruction. Do you want to beat your child support? Just give somebody a bribe at domestic relations. They tamper with the system, put a phony entry in, and create an overpayment. Make it look like you were overpaid, and now you've got to owe the other the support obligor money back. You know, just like doctors would do their phony billing, only the difference is Medicare or Medicaid. That's the government, so they go after them if there's an overpayment. In my case, with the with the court system, with private stuff, family court, there's no one to go to. There's nothing you could do. And this no. is uh, this is the rea- well. You already said you know it yourself. No, there's no one to go to. You think, oh, I'm going to go to the no. attorney general. I'm going to, I'm going to go to the DA. I'm going to go here, there. Nobody cares. No. Nobody's interested. You would think the federal government would be interested that they got cheated. No, they don't care. That's just a friend working no. in another department. So. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And that, I think that is unfortunate too. For all of us, 
um, all of these people, we're paying their salaries. We are mm-hmm. paying these people to treat us like this. And their yeah. allegiance, their loyalty is not to us, the people making their paycheck good. It's to other people in the system, the other people that are running some other part of some agency, some something. It's like one of the hardest things for me to grasp when I first got into this was that if you went to the police, they couldn't do anything. So they told you to go to the sheriff. The sheriff said they couldn't do anything. Go to the state yeah. attorney general. State attorney, attorney general said they couldn't do anything. Yeah. And I said, what do you mean you can't do anything? You, just, you got somebody, you know, well, well, see, you don't understand. You're operating under the misguided notion that um, yeah. we're here to protect the public. We are not. We are here to protect the state from the public. What? That's right. And you're saying you're on uh, a wild goose chase. That's right. A yes. wild goose chase, and it goes nowhere. Yes. And it's horrible. And these people at their jobs, these or their so-called jobs, they they must sit down at parties or Christmas parties or holiday parties, whatever, and they must drink and laugh it up. How the people yeah. are paying money? We're pay, we the people. Let's say pay paying for them to abuse us, to rob us, steal yes. from us. Um, and and I'll tell you with the election stuff that was going on, I was going to county commissioner meetings. This is. You know, we have commissioners because I'm in the county. We don't have a mayor because we're not in the city. So I've been going to those meetings for, you know, I was going for about two and a half years yeah. until the COVID. Yeah. Until that COVID. Well, you know, each, every time I go, they have printed agendas. You know, that's for the people, whoever shows up can take it. And they do post it on the computer as well that you can look up later on. Well, you know, I happen to go back and look at them. And, you know, you know those, uh, that Dominion software where they're claiming it was all kinds of problems. Well, you know, that was that was not like some private thing from one of the parties. That was billed to the taxpayers for more than $1.4 million in January. I have the agenda. So the taxpayers were paying for that software, and then all sorts of uh, unfunny business occurred. So these are all, mm-hmm. all the things that – all the stuff that was involved with that – has been charged to taxpayers, and then when something's discovered, learned, or alleged, then it's again the taxpayers got to pay to clean that mess up. Uh, it, it just never ends. It, it's all right. being charged to the taxpayer, and you know if you're not being directly, directly targeted, most people just throw their arms up and ignore it. You know, yeah. it's not until yeah. you are exactly. direct. When you are, yeah, when you're a direct target, when it's you, your family who are being uh, robbed, asset stripped, guardians, uh, locked up in jail falsely or, you know, something like that, you know, then it gets your attention. And I can't blame the average yes. person because who, 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 you know, certainly when I was younger, I didn't walk around uh, with all these things on my mind. You just yeah. don't think of it until you're. And you think that'll happen to other people. That happens to other people. Yeah. Yeah. That won't happen and of to course me. That won't happen to my family. Yeah. Yeah, and you must have done something wrong or they wouldn't have done that. I can't tell mm-hmm. you the number yeah. of times over the years. People who ridiculed other people, dogged them with that kind of talk. Well, you did something wrong. You just don't want to admit it. That came back. Right. See, karma is a bitch. It came back crying. You were right. You're right. They took my mom. They took my dad. Now what do I do? I don't know what to tell you. You must have done something wrong. And... um but it just, uh, you know, 
I don't know what it's going to take to stop this. I know we are well, you uh, know working. What? It's because okay. it's the people who don't. It's actually people who don't do anything wrong, law-abiding citizens, people minding their own business. Uh, they're the people who are the prime targets because they're not prepared for something like this. People who yeah. are, I don't know, people that are shady. I'm going to just use a broad term like that. You know, they're 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 always, you know, maybe they're involved in stuff and they know the way around the system. You know, or people, you know, people yeah. who get into stuff that's unscrupulous. But the average law-abiding citizen who minds their own business, goes to work, raises their family, they're they're not involved with anything sneaky or criminal they don't know this this is out there right it's not until you're targeted uh and, and then well, once you, know, you, target, you start mm-hmm. go ahead as, as go ahead. shaky as everything is today especially with this fake virus and them closing <laughs> down the economy and the whole nine yards um as shaky as everything is is it's way past the the time for people to not pay attention because mm-hmm. whatever they're doing to us is going to start moving faster, regardless of who sits in the White House. Uh, that's yeah. just a puppet person in my estimation anyway. But it's going to yeah. start moving faster. And like I say, the one thing they want is rid of our elderly. Um, I had a conversation earlier today. People talking about gay people are destroying the, the core American family, the traditional family. No, they're not. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What would two gay people being together, what effect do they have on your family? None. Yeah, none. Well, none. they're destroying the family. Yeah, no, no, they're not. The only person with the power to do that is the government. Why don't you look at the government? That's who's taking your children. That's who's allowing mom, dad, grandma, grandpa to be kidnapped, isolated, drugged, and robbed. That's who destro- is destroying the family. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. who's doing it. And. And, you know, Marty, the other thing I've noticed, it doesn't matter what subject matter of law it is. Every time I hear these things with court, they got the same, they have like a whole uh, dictionary of buzzwords, you know, keywords that yes. they use as their excuses, you know, that, that sounds nice and legal and professional. Yes. And they use the same, yes. the same tactics, they use the same tactics, the same buzzwords, it's just they, you know, uh, fashion it for whatever that particular subject matter is. It's the same yes. tactic. They yep. take your right. New, it is. And we, we know yeah. the new one is filet law We know oh, their new yes. buzz. Yeah, we are yeah. on to that one. Mm-hmm. And we'll be watching that one. So I'm going to give everybody, yeah, a homework assignment for whatever stage you're in. Now the board is full and I know we got people ganged up sitting on the outside. Whatever Uh-oh. stage you're in. <laughs> Yeah, I want you to look up the phileo, that's F-A-L-I-A-L, law in your state. And I want to hear from you. What did you find? That's your homework assignment. I'm going to start giving you homework every week. And start (laughs) Mm -hmm. doing your own research in your state. So we'll see how that comes out. Girls, we got about two minutes left here. Elaine, thank you for calling in. And please do send whatever you like, to tsrad1 at outlook.com. Mm-hmm. And um, because that PPJ one, that's for short messages, it won't handle a big file. And um, But anyway, 
I, I want to put together what you want to, and I'll give you my thoughts on it. And like I say, everybody, your homework assignment, look up your phileo laws in your state, and let's see what you come up with. And uh, if your kids will probably run scared up to Canada or something, but, you know, <laughs> let's look at it anyway. And uh, yeah, you better treat me good. You, <laughs> you better make sure mm-hmm. I'm healthy. But um, yeah. anyway, Cause, uh, did you have anything before we go here? Well, I think because of COVID, the kids aren't going to be able to get into Canada. They're trapped. So, I mean, maybe yeah. that's going to keep them in the country. Yeah. So they're going to pay. Yeah. They're going to pay there for the nose. But, there you go. You know, um, I guess yeah. real quick, everyone get their stationery because um, in January we're going to be working with the advocacy group, and we're actually going to be letter having letter-writing campaigns. So go buy your stationery yes. and your pens. Now, because we'll be sitting yes. on call doing homework. We'll give you the addresses to put the, you know, the stamp or to address the letters, get your stamps. And we're going to do that five-minute advocate, and I think it's going to make a huge difference. Yeah. And yes, let's give it a shot. And so that will be something we'll be running this, this coming year, too. Keep that in mind. Mm-hmm. And like I say, you're going to get a homework assignment every week. Let's start. You start getting in there and doing some of this research. Together we can piece all this together. Everybody, thank you for tuning in. I really appreciate it. I know Kaz does too. Elaine, yes, thank you for thank joining you. us tonight. Okay, thank you for having and me. And it was great to you, sh- yeah, great to share with you yeah. tonight. So. <laughs> you you come on right. anytime you want to, Elaine. Sure. And all right, um, thank you. So yes. Uh, and a, again, a reminder: these shows are brought to you in coordination with Marcel Reed and the Whistleblower Summit. And we're planning a big bash for this year's summit. So I don't know if we'll be in D.C. or we won't if they keep lying about this virus. I'm sure we'll all be locked up in little cardboard boxes or something, scared we're going to get sick. I'm not. Do you know anybody that's sick? No, you don't. No, you don't. (laughs) But be scared. Be scared. This doesn't work if you're not scared. Anyway, y'all have a good evening, and we'll talk to you Sunday night. Good night, everybody. Mm -hmm. Good night. Good night.